We are in episode 12 of the Northwest Method Express. I'm Jonathan. I'm with Tony. And also, I'm with Tarek, who's another one of our instructors. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Greetings. And we, we want to do something a little bit different this time. Occasionally, we're going to bring in some of our instructors, and we're going to talk a little bit about maybe how they got into teaching, some interesting tidbits about them. But Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the act of redemption, and I'm going to throw this over to Tony because this is really his story. Fill us in a little bit, Tony. Well, if you think about it, when it comes to learning how to cook, it's thank goodness for redemption because you're going to make mistakes, and it's the one act that allows us to evolve, and what it says that what it says when you redeem yourself, it, it says that you really care about getting better and that you're going to put in the work to do so. And in cooking, you, you seriously have no choice. And so I'll let Tarek talk about his uh, moments of redemption. But I think Tarek, he, he graduated from Northwest a bit later than you, John, if I'm not he mistaken. Did. Yeah, but over 10 years ago, if I'm, if I'm correct, Tarek? Yeah, just about like 2011. Yeah, yeah. So more than 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and even though Terry came from the industry as a very young person, he made it clear when he graduated and even after we stayed connected that he wanted to get into teaching. So when we needed a new instructor, we ran into each other, I think, in a parking lot. At Costco. <laughs> yeah, At Costco. <laughs> and I said, hey, what are you up to these days? And he goes, ah, you know, and I said, well, let's talk. And the, the rest is history. Funny enough, I was planning on talking to you about that because I was kind of at a career crossroads because I had reached that point where I was like, okay, I was at the time running banquets at the hotel I was working at. I reached sous chef and I was like, okay, do I want to be doing this or should I start to try to make that leap into something where I've always wanted to do? So I was planning on talking to you for about three weeks but yeah. work was really busy and then yeah we're walking past each other at costco and i was like tony <laughs> so yeah. the universe intervened <laughs> and we spoke i mean we've i mean throughout the in between the 10 years after you graduated i think you came to the school to speak about your career movements at least two or three times yeah and at one point i think you made it very clear that you want to get into teaching in fact the day that I met you at that parking lot, I went home and I Googled you. And I think you had, you, you had entered a, a, I don't know if it was a junior chef competition uh, long ago or some time ago. And you were interviewed about your, you know, your, your career ambitions. And you made it clear in that interview that you wanted to get into teaching. So I said, okay, this guy wants to, he wants to make that transition from the industry to education. And and as you, you've discovered, I mean, you've been with us now for uh, almost two years. You're realizing that there is a totally different frame of mind that goes into teaching. And it's a bit more complex and a bit harder than people think it is. I mean, I'm sure you anticipated that, but it's, it's like I'm still trying to learn how to teach. So I, I'm, I'm curious to know at, after two years what's, what's happened, you know, what's, what's going on in your mind and, and, and your evolution so far. Uh, you know I me, mean? so many things going on in the brain, <laughs> but yo, you're totally correct. It's one of those things where for me, like that transition into teaching where like I had to really, when I first started, I sat down and I thought about it and I said, 
obviously there are so many way more talented cooks than I am. But at the same time, for me, I've always really loved the people aspect of things and helping other people find that aha bit of, oh, that's why this recipe works or, oh, this is why I can do something different and do it better. And the thing about teaching, especially, is like there's so many people who can cook, but we've talked about it multiple times, but so many people can cook. But when it comes to actually communicating and being considerate of the details that people need to be aware of, like it requires so much forethought. And for me, that was something that I had to really take into consideration, especially when we first started, because even though I started with uh, you guys probably, what was it, around May? Yeah. Uh, May or so. And we didn't actually get into the class to teach with students until about September with the newest term once the restrictions had lifted. And when we get to the act of redemption, we'll talk about the, ta- the tabula incident, <laughs> which is like, I'm still working off my sentence. I'm, st- I'm doing good though. I've been, I've been a good inmate. <laughs> but it was one of those situations where it's not like when I was making the tabula in front of the class, I was like, oh, I know this. I can just do it. I had just quite frankly blanked when I was doing it in front of the class because I was considering, okay, I have to talk about how to clean herbs, how to preserve them, how to do this and all this stuff. But in that process of doing it in front of the class, I had completely skipped doing the most important details. So when I made the tabulae, it was not really tabulae. It was a vulgar salad with herbs when it's literally the opposite. Tabulae is a beautiful dish that highlights the greatness of what the herbs are with a little bit of vulgar just for texture and substantiality. So after that, when you had told me that, like, that's not correct, I thought about it and I'm like, oh, I completely missed the mark because when it comes to that really important aspect of teaching, of being able to communicate those details, I had been thinking about everything else as opposed to honing on what's most important. So in terms of the act of redemption for that, like, what was really important for me was, okay, situations like that come up, regardless of whether you're trying a new recipe or you're making something for the first time, you're not going to hit the mark 100% on the bullseye every single time you do it for the first time. No one's a wizard like that. So I asked you questions the next day after taking some time to think about it. I ruminated a little bit and then I adjusted and came back again to make sure that I had all the finer points highlighted. I took a couple of notes. So the next time I did it, it was way more succinct, way more focused, and way more correct. So, yeah. Well, and it's, <laughs> it's interesting that Tarek that you talk about this, and I think that when people do a practice, they do a recipe, they do anything. It's all about. It's never going to be perfect the first time, and if you think it's perfect the first time, you're never going to actually get better, right? Oh, one hundred percent. And and I think that that's something that's that's when we're in a classroom, I almost always say to people, I hope that the first time you do something, it's not perfect. I hope that there's always something that you can learn from, because that way it's all you're always going to push yourself to be better. Because if you do something perfect in class, and then you go home and it fails dramatically, that's when the challenges arise around how, how am I going to move forward? I'm obviously a failure, I can't do it without supervision. Right. And that's for me, I, I hope that people always ask questions. They always challenge themselves. And, you know, we we, we talk about the great tabule incident. It, I mean, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't horrible. It just it wasn't 
great. And I think that the the it wasn't what it should have been. No, well, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's important to have those kind of moments early in your teaching career rather than later. And you had it right off the bat. And the thing is that every one of us has those moments as a teacher every day. Yeah. So yesterday I prepared myself for the grain lecture and the grain demos. I've done that demo many times, but I, I said, I, I want to do it even better. So I did a lot of research on the weekend and planned out my, my scenario. The, the difference between teaching something as a teacher as opposed to a chef that learned a lot from the industry mm. is that when we come from the chef mindset, we're going to teach something the way we actually have learned it and know it. Mm. And the way we've learned it from somebody and said, okay, I trust that. Mm. As a teacher, you got to always leave the past behind and figure out what you don't know yet. Yeah. And there, because even a tabula, there's many ways to do it. So my wife is from Lebanon. She makes it a certain way. She's been doing it that way for the longest time. And it's, and it's lovely. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. However, in my research on tabula, the way they do it in Jordan, the way they do it in, in, in Israel, it's going to change. Yeah. There's some kind of nuance. And, and this term, we had two students because they're, they have gluten issues that did it with, with, quinoa and when i tasted it to me personally it was lighter than making it with bulgur because quinoa is a fluffier grain and because of that i was able to experience the herbs and the lemon and the olive oil a bit better now would my wife make it with with uh, with quinoa absolutely not because her culture taught her to do it with bulgur because bulgur is from the middle east and and quinoa isn't yeah. But again, as a teacher, it's important to note that, you know, it, it can be made with quinoa, the, the uh, tabula, and it just adds a new profile and that can be communicated to an audience. Mm -hmm. So there's so many layers of teaching. I mean, in teaching, there's so many layers of knowledge that has to be communicated yeah. and it's hard to get them, you know, to compact them all in, in one demo. But yeah. that's our job is to every time we redo a demo, Mm -hmm. term to term, our job is to not just make it better, but to add something new to it, a new aha moment, as you mentioned, to the experience. But we have to go chase that aha moment ourselves. So we're constant learners. That's the thing that we tell our, our students, look, we may have come from many years of the industry, but that, that, that's in the past. We're, we have to start from scratch all the time. That's the challenge of, of being a teacher is that you actually have to think about the receiver. You're, you're constantly focused on how it's going to be taken, how it's gonna be interpreted, and then from there, how it's then gonna be executed. It's almost like you need to get inside that person's body and their brain and figure out how things are gonna happen once they have taken in that information. And the challenge about that is take it that one step further of doing online courses like we're doing now is that you have to get into that person's brain and you can't see right away how they react. Yeah. And oh, yeah. So, and, and that's where it comes from using the years of experience that we now have as far as understanding how people react to certain recipes to sort of anticipate how, how a student is going to, when they're taking an online course with us, how they're going to actually execute. Oh, yeah. And also how they'll process and digest information. I, I mean, that's one of the big things that I think about every time that I'm going to be doing 
a demo or showing somebody a technique or a recipe, I always try to think ahead and consider, okay, what questions might they be asking or what potential roadblocks might present themselves when they're doing something new? Because yeah. like you said, Jonathan, it was whenever somebody's making a recipe for the first time, they're not gonna likely not gonna knock it out of the park, nope. which is actually totally fine. That makes it human. Yeah. But the first time you make a recipe, whether you're a professional cook who's been doing it for as long as we have, or an enthusiast who's been cooking at home for as long as they can remember, the first time you make a recipe that you haven't done before is really more about walking through the recipe, sort of putting yourself through the paces and exposing yourself to something that's new. So you can say, oh, this time I did it and I like how this went or this thing that I did, I might do it different next time. So every time you make a recipe, the second time might be a little bit better. The third time it will be even better. And eventually you'll find that level of quality that you've been looking for. It happens through repetition and through not only just practice and discipline, but taking that pressure off yourself to be so perfect all the time. Absolutely. It's not necessary. In fact, that's very detrimental to your progress. Well, and, and one of the things that I always get people to reflect on is that, you know, what went well and what didn't go well. Don't be hard on yourself. Just be, be very straight, you know, commend yourself for the things that go well but also be honest. If, if your seasoning wasn't great, your seasoning wasn't great. I mean, just, you know, take, take that as an opportunity. You know, one of the things that we focus on all the time is this, this thing called learner and learning. Yes. So somebody that's learning to cook, it's not the cooking hat that you have to really nail. It's the learning hat that you have to put on and really focus on. And, 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 you know, you, you know this firsthand that when you first started to teach, it's not the teaching cap that you're going to have to wear every day. It's the learning cap, especially in the beginning, to figure out what this thing called teaching is all about. So every time you want to learn music, you want to learn, you want to learn how to play golf, you, it's the learning cap that you have to wear at all times. And that's the one that you want to work hard at. So you want to do your research, you want to step back and reflect you want to do your practice and you're, you're, you want to redeem yourself to get to the point where you have put yourself in a situation where now you've honed the skill. You, you've taken ownership of that. So there's all, and what happens as you start learning more about the craft, whether it's a cooking or teaching, mm -hmm. you develop these little nuances that you didn't have before. You start these little skills that start to add up. For instance, uh, Tarek, I noticed yesterday when you, when you did the, uh, the practice after class of knife sharpening and knife cutting after class, one of the things that I noticed that you did exceptionally well is that you set up the frame of mind of, we just wanna get into the practice. You just wanna, you wanna feel comfortable, even though they're still in uniform, they're still at the school. It's not as if it's in a classroom uh, uh, setting, it's an after class setting. Yeah. It's, you made that clear and you, that, probably help the students gather around and focus more on their own skills. So these are little, they're little things, but you can only develop these things if you're always trying to learn your craft. So even the best athletes are always learning. They're always learning, no matter who they are, superstars, whatever, they're always in that learning mode. And I think that's one of the, and one of the transferable skills from being in the industry is, you know, you can't, force somebody to be a good coach. And I think Tarek, one of the best attributes that you have when you were, when you were in the industry is being a good coach with people. And I think that 
there's a difference between being a good coach in the industry where ultimately your goal is you have to feed X number of people, right? Being a good coach at a school is actually allows you to get further into the mind of the learner. You're doing oh, definitely. it with the purpose of a, of a long-term goal. And I think that that's your strength. You were able to get into the trenches and coach these students. And for us to be able to take that as uh, motivation to actually make sure that we're doing the same thing. Oh, thanks. Well, I think that honestly, from like, as long as I've been cooking, I've always loved obviously the food aspect of what we do, but the people side of things has always been my favorite. And when it comes to helping people kind of come along in their own personal progress, it's, how do I describe it? It's just that when people are in the business, they have this concept of the cross-armed chef who's really serious, who's focused and disciplined, and yeah. that, that person gets it done. I'm like, that's really nice, but you, you know me well. I'm yep. a serious professional, <laughs> but... I'm a serious person when it comes to food, but I don't take myself very seriously. Right. And it's to the point where like that is personally, when I think about how I relate to the students and other cooks that I know, I use that as a tool because it can be disarming. It's mm -hmm. to the point where you know that what I'm doing is focusing on like the technical aspects of things. And I'm, I am really, really focused on what I'm doing to try to do it as best as possible, but I'm also not applying this super serious pressure on you. So you need to be like, oh, I better get it right. Like, yeah. no, and I value your progress as much as I value mine. So at this point, let's have fun with it. Yeah. Like yeah. it should be a playful thing, trying to get better and trying to improve yeah. and setting that tone with people who are brand new to the game or people who have been cooking forever. Like, Setting that tone makes it a lot more enjoyable for everybody. So that's always been my approach. Eric, who we're gonna, you're probably, we're all also gonna introduce. He did the tabloid demo this term <laughs> for the first time. And he says it's the hardest demo he's ever done. He says it was stressful. <laughs> so I don't know what it is about that simple looking recipe. Maybe that's, maybe it's too simple. It, 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 it stresses, it stresses the teacher. And the fact that you were staring at him. He had beads of sweat, beads of sweat on his forehead. <laughs> I was like, but you did it well. <laughs> You're lucky I'm not Lebanese. I would scream. <laughs> It's, it's a really good reflection, I think, for the home cook as well, though, here is that things are not always going to go right. And I think the, the positive attitude that you take towards doing it again, rolling up your sleeves, making sure that it's going to happen again, that's what's that's what's going to make you successful ultimately in the long run. So I think that was a that's a good place to end this, gentlemen. It was a great talk. It's actually been a little bit longer. It's probably going to be a, 17 or 18 minutes, but I think that it was, it was fantastic. So I'm going to wrap this up. This was episode 12 of the Northwest Method Express. I'm Jonathan. I was with Tony and Tarek, and we shall talk to you soon.